Welcome to the Clayton Utes Insider, the podcast giving you insights into the legal market and the first-hand experiences of Australia's leading commercial law firm. Before we start our episode today, we would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of the lands on which we're recording today, and the connections to the land, waters and community. We pay our respects to Elders past and present, and all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the Clayton Utes Insider. My name's Declan McInnes, and today it's my pleasure to be joined by Jamie Doran and Magella Pollard. And here with me, I've got Grace Scanlon, who's a, a graduate in my year at the firm. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the public sector team here in Brisbane uh, and, uh, and more generally across the country as well. Um, and looking at some of the different kinds of work that the lawyers in those teams do. So welcome, Jamie and Magella. Great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. I thought we'd just start off, just dive straight into the episode by looking at the different areas of expertise that each of you have. Um, they're, they're quite different. So are you able to tell us a little bit about um, what you do, your, your specialty areas, and, and, and I suppose how they differ from each other? Sure. Um, it's a really good question. It's one uh, I actually struggle with, given the nature of my practice. I was going home in a cab the other night, and the cab driver actually asked me, he said, uh, what do you do? And I said, I'm a lawyer. He said, oh, what, what sort of law do you do? And I said, oh, look, I, um, I, I, I do different things. He said, oh, oh do you do the, do the sale of land? And I said, no, 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 I'm not a real estate lawyer. And he said, oh, was the, when the people die, do you do that? No, I said, I don't do wills and estates, no. He said, uh, well, what about uh, when people do the breakups? Do the breakups? And I, and I said, oh, no, I don't do. He then paused and he sort of he looked back at me as if to say, well, are you really a lawyer? Is that? Um, no, I, I describe myself as a commercial lawyer. Um, and obviously working with government, uh, when you say you, you do commercial things for government, it's, it's a broad church. My practice probably falls into to three general categories. Um, that commercial stuff for government uh, and and what that means is a lot of contracting work um, helping government in structuring commercial arrangements so a lot of restructuring work um, and uh, a lot of sort of front-end procurement work um, I then sort of have some well, I'll call them my areas of, of interest beyond being a, a commercial lawyer uh, I do a lot of work with local government and again uh, as a, a level of government local government's fascinating because they do everything. They do everything from sort of dogs to building roads and bridges and, and everything in between. Uh, so I, I cover a, a, a lot of different areas in, in servicing local government clients um, between commercial and regulatory. Uh, the last component is uh, what I describe as my water regulatory practice. I, uh, I, I spent a, um, a time in Canberra before I returned to the Brisbane office. I'm a, a Brisbane office uh, starter. And uh, I came back from the Canberra office at a time when the, uh, there was a drought, the millennium drought, the, the, the worst drought that Queensland's experienced. And as a, as a result of that, there were a lot of water projects going on. And so I fell into doing the water projects and, and was exposed to the water regulatory regime in Queensland. And um, it's probably an overstatement to say I fell in love with it, but I, I, I became necessarily familiar with it and have continued to practice in it uh, over many years now. And so uh, I regularly get contacted by um, 
both the, the government but also a lot of clients in the water sector to give advice in relation to structuring water projects, dealing with water entitlements and, and everything in between. So that's probably the, the best overview or description of my practice. That's exhausting. <laughs> so in terms of my, uh, my practice, my practice uh, over the years, just due to the nature of various things, has become a bit more confined, but in saying that, it's also very broad in terms of the nature of what I do. I do infrastructure projects and assist with the corridor planning for it and assist with the land acquisition. And so often, uh, Jamie talked about the local government clients wanting to build roads, bridges, etc. Well, I help the clients do those things and work with teams in our other areas as well. We work with government entities, government various bodies, government departments, special purpose vehicles that are set up uh, to provide infrastructure projects and with the local government. So there's quite a range of entities out there who are building things. And building, we do a lot of transport, we do roads and rail and light rail and busways and so forth. And we do electricity as well. And we do hydro projects, etc. So there's certainly a lot out there. We do, in in my team, we do the front end. And sometimes that it does involve some of the contractual side of things in terms of the land component of that. And we also do the back end. So I also am involved in litigation. Mm-hmm. So we do the dispute side as well. So we really do offer a full service for the clients, for, for the full project. So we can be working on matters for many, many years. And Magella, you touched on being a full service for clients. Why do government clients turn to see you rather than a government law firm or in-house for their services? Look, I think they come to us because they like working with us. I think we've got a really strong track record of working for government in terms of this space uh, in particular with the infrastructure project space. And I think we really know our staff And we have a lot of contacts with experts and so forth uh, in the area. We have really good working relationships across. And I think if you're you're very good at something, you've got a proven track record and you're easy to work with, I think that is great. And they know they get really timely advice from us as well. Jamie, I know you were part of the CU team that assisted the Brisbane City Council um, for their bid to be the host city for the 2032 Olympics. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts and if you can explain to us what this means for Clayton Utes and the pipeline of work that we're expected to see over the next couple of years. Um, that was It was fantastic. A really, really fascinating matter. Um, I've described it as sort of a, a once-in-career type matter and it's true, you know, the It'll be 32 years since Australia has had an Olympic Games. Sydney 2000 was the last time we had exposure to the Olympics in this, or hosting the Olympics in this country. Um, The work itself, the bid itself was fascinating. Um, The Olympics uh, is a product. It's something that's been created and is, um, it's very marketable and uh, it's really built around broadcasting revenue um, and it's it's that product that is sold to host cities to market to the world and so getting sort of the insight into uh, how the the Olympic machine operates uh, and the, the layers uh, I call it the layers of intrigue that go into um, that organization and the negotiations with that organization um, as well as all the politics um, you know it was a an incredibly uh, intense period. There were 
many, many moving pizzas. We were acting for, obviously, the Brisbane City Council, who is a co-host. It's the first time uh, in the history of the Olympics that we've got a co-host entity. So the, the Queensland Government is a, is a host as well as uh, the Brisbane City Council. Um, that of itself was something unusual. Um, and, you know, uh, the, the International Olympic Committee... Um, Fair to say that history and tradition and the way things have been done for many, many years are ingrained. So when you start talking about doing things differently, it's uh, it's many conversations with many people sort of looking at you sceptically. So um, the, the role itself, the matter itself, fascinating. What does it mean for Clayton Yates? Um, hopefully a lot of work, uh, and I do expect that we will be involved in many, many different initiatives across the full spectrum of services that we offer at the firm. Um, the great thing, I think, as well, is that people like working on interesting things, and those high-profile activities, events, projects, um, people can't help but really be really engaged. Uh, and so I think, in addition to just the work itself, um, I, I think... I hope it'll bring a real um, cultural energy to our firm and a pride at being connected with something that I think will be really important for us as a nation. Mm, yeah. Definitely. And so, Magella, obviously, all that Jamie's just spoken about is Jamie's not the exclusive partner on this matter. Are you able to tell us from your perspective what the road between now and 2032 looks like work-wise? Uh, for the Games, yes. Well, we've already been involved in assisting with business cases uh, for projects and also with land acquisition for various venues. So it's quite exciting actually being uh, sort of we're a little bit behind the scenes even from the public sometimes in terms of the confidential nature of the information about where potentially assets will go. So we will be assisting various government entities to ensure that the infrastructure is in place not just in time for the Games but before the Games and also to look at legacy issues and help work with our clients on legacy infrastructure, mm -hmm. so post the Games. What's, what's legacy infrastructure, sorry? So the legacy is all about we're not really just planning for a few weeks of one activity mm -hmm. in 2032. What we're looking to do is leave behind a Brisbane, Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast with assets that are going to be important for the community and are going to have a life after that. Mm -hmm. So I, I, that was probably part of the, the the bid as well, Jamie. Is that is that the case? Yeah. Look, it's it's called the new norm, right. the Olympics new norm, and and everyone will recall um, previous games, particularly Rio and Athens, where after multiple millions of dollars was poured into infrastructure, um, those cities were left with um, white elephants, uh, and the IOC recognising two things. One, that's just wasteful. Two, um, it actually reduced the pool of cities that could actually put their hand up to bid for the Games. Um, they adopted this new norm, which was very much focused around the delivery of an efficient Games, a cost-efficient Games, um, with focus on things like um, uh, using existing infrastructure. So rather than build something new that's not going to have a legacy benefit, um, repurposing for those two weeks existing infrastructure so that it's appropriate, it's world-class, but that it will continue to be used as it's used before the Games by the community and for the benefit of the community. Mm. So I think it's, you know, it's, it's a, it was a fantastic shift in the IOC's um, ideology uh, and it's, I think, going to, um, for Brisbane, 
uh, result in a, um, a fantastically accretive preparation and legacy for the Games. Okay. And, and so, Magella, can you tell us, to what extent is your practice influenced by the government of the day? Does, does that have a very big impact? bit like an episode of Utopia sometimes, <laughs> but much better organised. The Yes, we certainly do. And even actually when you're talking about that and priorities of the day, it just reminded me of um, when COVID, um, the first lockdown hit and things were very serious and no one really knew what was going to happen. And we did have a few clients say to us, we just have to shut up shop for a while to find out. And within a couple of weeks, we had them all ringing saying, oh, we've been told to spend on infrastructure. We've been told, what have you got shovel ready? What, what have we got that we can fast track? Mm. And so they were then coming to me saying, quick, can you help us with this land acquisition for this particular project, et cetera? Mm. So we often do have that. We've got at the moment, the government is um, has its Queensland Energy and Jobs Plan with a super grid. There's a lot of work happening with that. And we have clients who've been briefing us recently about how we can work with them to try to assist them to deliver what the government wants. So yes, it's really exciting work that we do. There's, there's so often all of us across the public sector group are working on projects that the government's talking about, that you know that you see in the press. It's, it's very exciting, mm. I must say, when you think, wow, we're a little bit of, of part of that. <laughs> Is there much national government work? That, 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 sorry, but, and by that I don't mean the Commonwealth government. I mean um, we're a national team. There are public sector teams across our offices. Is there a lot of collaboration between the teams or is it fairly discreet to the market in which the team is based? Look, it is, it is uh, jurisdictionally based um, and that, that sort of is a li- little bit like our, our federation uh, in that each jurisdiction does have you know, their unique laws. Um, in saying that, though, the, the public sector team is a very close team. Um, we do have you know, many partners who've worked together on matters um, and, and do work consistently um, across subject matter areas of law. So, you know, those of the, um, the group who, who specialise in what I'll describe as our, our admin law um, and admin law litigation, um, they obviously have, you know, common interests, common clients, uh, and there's a, a high degree of collaboration within the, the national team. Um, I suppose the other thing is, you know, the the principles. While each jurisdiction does have unique laws, um, a lot of what underpins public sector work is common at a principle level. And so, um, where there are opportunities in other jurisdictions, because of a big matter, you know, commissions of inquiry are a great example where you know the call will go out, uh, and and frequently those matters are, are run within the, the public sector group. Um, you'll often find that, that lawyers with capacity in one of the other jurisdictions, um, it'll be quick time for them to put their hand up and, and either remotely or by going and, and spending a, an internal secondment in one of the other offices, they'll get an opportunity on working in those matters. Yeah, and I guess when something comes through the door and onto your plate and you don't have capacity to take it on as public sector partners or it's outside your area of expertise. What what often happens in those cases in terms of maybe referrals to other practice groups? I'd love to hear. Yes, well, actually, interesting you say that because a client just recently said one of the strengths of Clayton Utes is that we do work so collaboratively with our other areas. 
And that is, uh, we, we do work very closely across the Brisbane office and interstate offices as needed. So if a matter comes in, we often have a client relationship partner. Sometimes the matter will go to them on a regular basis and we will review it and see who are the, who's the most appropriate partner and what area to do it. We also have matters where we work with other people in those offices and, you know, we're working on the file. But, for example, we've got, uh, on some really big infrastructure transport projects, we will have people working across at least five of our different uh, groups in the Brisbane office and we'll have fortnightly meetings on that and we'll all come together and so we all stay on the same page with where things are. And we also sometimes will have those with the clients as well. So it is a very... It's a very seamless approach that we have in terms of how we work with our other our other partners and the other um, employees. And I think it's really interesting for our people as well to work across the groups and to work across matters. And it's great for them to build relationships across the firm. And I guess even as a graduate at an entry-level lawyer, um, you also get exposure to that, to that too. I know, Magello, I've seen you in a couple of um, matters across practice groups, um, being in the major projects and construction team. There's a lot of, cro- uh, lot of crossover um, with some of that land acquisition work. I guess as a, as a junior, how could you explain to our listeners what that work would maybe look like um, working across the practice groups? Across the practice groups. So often there will be discrete tasks that will be will need the input of a different particular area. So, for example, there are some specialist planning activities occasionally needed and sometimes me as the partner will be dealing directly with the lawyers in the other teams with that and it doesn't always necessarily go through the partner in that group. I'm working at the moment uh, on some native title matters for a massive project and I'm working closely with a senior associate in another area with that work. And so for the juniors in the other groups, the juniors in the other groups may be working with their partner on particular discrete tasks, say that I might ask them to look at, or they might be working directly with me on a matter. So it really varies. And the other thing is, there's, there's the one thing that I really do love about Clayton Newts is the, the team approach that we have to things. Because you're always getting a better product at the end of the day. And that's why we do acknowledge and utilise all the different areas of expertise that we have in the firm. And so a junior can expect to be part of a team. They're not going to be there on their own being expected to do something in a different team which is completely foreign to them. It will be as part of a network of people working on a matter. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose that team is... So on a really big infrastructure project, you'd have... So so your team working on the, the access regimes, you'd potentially have... Uh, what discrete advice is coming from Jamie's team in 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 relation to certain things? You'd what probably be referring work to litigation teams if there's anything that's going wrong, or you probably be handling that to some correct. Yes, some, some of extent. it. We will have people in the planning team. We'll have people in the tax team, and then as the project goes on, if there's any issues with that, we might have people in our insurance team uh, working. In fact, we we do sort of semi-regular work anyway, uh, just in terms of some of the drafting things with our insurance. Uh, partners so there are just so many people involved and sometimes there's intellectual property issues so we work with our partners in in that area it really it's what makes it so interesting I think (laughs) it's because there are just so many different areas and you're learning all the time there is never a day that I come to work thinking I'm going to do exactly the same thing that I did yesterday sometimes I wish I did (laughs) but (laughs) 
there's always there's always something new. There's always a challenge. It's always interesting. And so I think we'll we'll take a slight left turn now. Um, each of you have been with the firm for a long time. Jamie, you've been here. Actually, I think this. I've I've heard you tell the story of how you how you came. I know I, I'm going to embarrass you. I a bit. haven't heard it, so really? I'd love to hear it. I know Jamie likes to tell this story. Actually, I think there's 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 many variations on that story. Uh, look, I've I, I, people ask me um, regularly. You know, why why have you stayed at the firm so long? Um, and I have a very simple response. It's the people, and the people have been very good to me. Um, I, I did. I started here as a, uh, an article clerk. Uh, I, I worked in the property section, the litigation section, and then in the, the technology and intellectual property group. Um, I, I had with my wife a, a baby early on in life, and uh, my wife, who's very much the smarter one of us in our relationship, she, uh, she got a job in Canberra. And so we had to make a decision as to whether we, we stayed in Brisbane or, or went to Canberra, and we made a decision to go to Canberra. So uh, I approached the firm to resign. Um, I, I got a couple of words out of the mouth before the partner who I was talking to said, nah, no, 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 don't, don't resign. Look, we'll, we'll, we'll see whether there's a role in the Canberra office and I'll put you in touch with the, um, the, 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 the HR team and, and we'll see what we can do for you. And lickety split, you know, the HR team had helped with finding a place to stay in Canberra. They offered um, some support to cover some of our moving costs um, and this is at a time in, in, in my life, at least, where that, um, that was really significant. And uh, we moved down there. I had great support in the Canberra office. Um, I, I learnt a lot. I got thrown in the deep end on lots of things, but I, I really enjoyed it. The team in Canberra, it's, it's still a fantastic office, um, very close-knit. Um, but we had a couple of children in, in Canberra and, and my wife had spent a lot of time on, on maternity leave. And so... Uh, we decided to, to come back to, to Brisbane for the support of family. So a bit Groundhog Day-ish, I went, went into the, um, the partner in charge's office, Alfonso Del Rio, uh, and I, I again started the conversation with, you know, thank you, but I have to resign. And, and again, I, the words didn't get out of my mouth. I actually had, had written a letter this time that I went to move across the table to Alfonso, who, who promptly sort of forced it back across the table, and he said, no, no, no. Um, leave it with me. I'll make a couple of calls. Um, he said, "Do you know this guy Barry Dumphy in the Brisbane office?" I said, "No, I hadn't come across Barry." He said, "Look, I'll I'll call him and uh, maybe we can sort something out." Anyway, a couple of days later, um, mysteriously, Barry Dumphy appears in the Canberra office, and I, I had a meeting with him. Um, just a wonderful experience. Um, so enthusiastic. Um, you know, talking about all these great opportunities for a, for a young commercial lawyer in Brisbane, um, talking about the, the public sector group, as well, government services group as it was called back in the day, um, and ju just just a, a person who was passionate about the firm, but passionate about people um, and the support of people. And um, he uh, made a place for me back in the, the Brisbane office. So again, you know, HR stepped in and said, we'll, we'll help you out with some transport and... Uh, um, they, uh, they were wonderful, uh, a seamless transition back. Um, I, I was welcomed back into the Brisbane office. I've never felt other than that I was absolutely welcome and supported in this environment. So, um, as I said, the, the answer to the question of why I've been here so long is a pretty easy one. <laughs> it's a good one. 
Well, actually, that was my thought exactly. It, it is an easy one. I I was not quite as homegrown as Jamie. I did my articles at another, uh, at the time, sort of the largest firm in Brisbane, and then I became a, an associate to a judge because I thought I was wanting to become a barrister. And then I ended up working in-house at uh, Crown Law, which is where I worked with the very famous Barry Dunphy. And eventually he uh, offered me, a, he came over here, set up the practice here and offered me uh, a job here. And I was never going to go back in-house again. I was sorry, sorry, to a private firm again. And he said, Magella is such a great bunch of people here. He said, you know, I wouldn't work with Dickens. So <laughs> realistically, um, come and give it a go. And I did. And honestly, I just, it's been 19, over 19 years for me now. And it, it still feels as fresh as the day that I came. And again, in terms of Jamie talking about the support, again, for me, it was amazing. Because I actually came here when I was, I found out just after Barry offered me the job that I was pregnant with my second child. And he basically said, and I said, well, thank you very much. I was going to accept, but I won't now. And he goes, don't be ridiculous. Just come anyway, see how long you can, you know, go for. And then <laughs> he said, it's a long-term proposition. So uh, again, you know, having people like that around, especially when you're at a more junior level, it makes an incredible difference. And the support that I received and I hope that I can, and the flexibility, and I hope that I can pass that now onto uh, the people who work for me and around me as well, because it really is all about, you spend a lot of time here, so you've really got to like the work, you've got to like the people you work with, and liking your clients as well is a big thing. And the other people, I mean, I'm very fortunate, I work with some fantastic consultants and uh, barristers as well, so the whole thing really does, uh, I. I there's not a day that I don't get up and be interested and excited about coming to work. And I think there's a lot of people who don't get up every day and want to go to work. So I feel very, very fortunate um, to be somewhere like that. And I must say, we do get looked after very well, uh, just generally. And there's so many opportunities to be involved in other things as well. It's not just a workplace, it's more of a family. And for example, we've got a huge Community Connect program huge pro bono program. I'm the uh, part-time pro bono partner and that's been an absolute privilege doing that and it certainly makes you appreciate all that we have uh, when you work with some of those clients. So yeah, it's not just the work that, that keeps you here at the end of the day. Yeah, I definitely, as as a junior starting only two years ago, resonate with everything you both have said. Um, how about yourself, Declan? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we, we, we are very fortunate. Um, yeah. Well, look, we, 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 we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you both very much for your insights. We've really enjoyed hearing from you and learning about the public sector and your practices. Um, thank you very much, everyone, for tuning into the episode, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>